I'm Rob. I'm Joy. And you're listening to Key Light. In this episode, we're going to be talking about two movies by Ryan Johnson, Knives Out and Glass Onion. Now, this is a great pair of murder mystery movies with a hearty punch of social critique, and I for one can only hope that we get another great release soon to complete the trilogy. Yeah, after a middling series of Star Wars films, though I'm sure the internet has a lot of debate about that, (laughs) Ryan Johnson takes on the greatest murderer of all, capitalism. Oh yes. And Johnson has done a great job of balancing these two films, so they evoke the same murder mystery meets social commentary attitude in different ways. Joy, what are some of the fundamental similarities of Knives Out and Glass Onion that succeed? The biggest fundamental similarity between the two films is that the ultimate BBEG, big bad evil guy, is capitalism, and that obscene wealth is the root of all evil. In Knives Out, Harlan leaves his wealth to Marta rather than his privileged family, and in Glass Onion, Miles Braun and his insane wealth led to an overwhelming sense of arrogance, and that arrogance leads to his eventual downfall. Also, both of these films are a very modern twist on the classic murder mystery and are both executed in such a charming and entertaining manner. Also, it would be wrong to discuss the similarities of these movies without discussing the fantastic costuming of both movies. The color scheme of every character is just so on point, and it makes both films so visually appealing and interesting to watch. Yeah, I think more than anything, these two movies are so great at pulling you in with the the feeling of fun. But now I want to explore what's different between these two films, because despite those host of similarities, there are some key differences that improve or worsen one, one film or the other. The most important one and the most obvious one, in my mind, is comparing the mysteries themselves. Glass Onion's mystery is just weaker. There's an excessive amount of red herrings, and while it's still fun to discover the core of the mystery at the end of the movie, the fact that it was just Miles being stupid and desperate is honestly a little bit disappointing. However, I did really enjoy how Blanc completely dismantled his initial mystery that Miles said he paid like probably oodles of money for. Um, And I also really enjoyed his callback at the end of the movie while he was explaining the entire mystery when he called back to Miles' malapropisms, like, you know, when he says inbreviate at the beginning of the movie, which is a completely nonsense word. You know, I think those malapropisms were a great foreshadowing to his eventual stupidity. Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel like his stupidity is also like very visible throughout the entire film, but like we hand wave it away for plot reasons. And I mean, obviously it's revealed at the end. Knives Out's mystery, however, is a very well-written whodunit with the possible culprit initially being Marta, then shifting to Ransom, then to Joni, and then to Walt, and then finally back to Ransom. It hits all the beats of a classic mystery story that draws the audience in and it reminds us why this genre is so entertaining, such as Marta wiping the security tapes, examining for muddy footprints, the hidden window, and the various flashbacks to the night of the actual murder. Yeah, and another key difference that I really love about Knives Out is the location. The Clue House vibes take me back so much. I get so much nostalgia, and that's a place that I would love to live. You know, a little dark mansion, not little, a big dark mansion in the middle of Massachusetts woods. Um, But Glass Onion's private island is also great scenery and ties in more strongly to the social commentary of that film. A billionaire's private island during COVID, I think the message is pretty obvious. Yeah, going off that, the social commentary is a very key element in both films, but Ryan Johnson definitely chooses to be more explicit in the second film, in Glass Onion. Every character, but Miles Braun in particular, represent a very broken part of society that's both deeply rooted and very difficult to address fully. Absolutely. While Knives Out briefly touches on several themes, such as immigration status, right-wing indoctrination with the little 
alt-right son. And also, uh, what's that guy? The Dave Bautista's character in the second movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With, with that right-wing indoctrination and then classism and fraud, there's just not enough time in one movie to hone in on any of those social commentaries very meaningfully. Even the deportation storyline from Marta and her mother doesn't get a lot of attention. And that's the only one that has some real emotional weight to it. What I think Glass Onion does notably better than Knives Out is sending a clear signal on what it's trying to say about its main social issue, the billionaire influence. It's crazy to think that having a billion dollars is something we hear about and think about a lot in pop culture. But if you stop and wonder, who even blinked when Miles was introduced as a tech star boy billionaire with a private island and crazy ideas? I mean, I definitely didn't. In fact, it kind of reminds me of someone we've talked about on the show before, albeit in a different section, but uh, more on that later from me. <laughs> more on that later. But as with Knives Out, Ryan's Johnson, Ryan Johnson's timing around current events is spectacular in Glass Onion. The main commentary is simple, but hard to accept. Rich and successful people that seem to be the smartest in the world aren't actually that smart at everything. And sometimes their inflated egos make them even dumber than normal people. Miles Braun stole the credit for Alpha from Cassandra and was willing to kill her to keep this secret. Even when the rest of his friends found out about the murder or even about the other bad things Miles was doing, they were too scaled, scared of him to step forward, creating some super powerful moments that made the danger of billionaires really hit home for the audience. Yeah, and choosing to use Miles' friends to demonstrate that really emphasizes the importance of that message. Sure, all of his friends have their own unique careers and nostalgia for their longtime friendship with Miles, but it's very clear that he holds an obscene amount of power over all of them. They worship the ground he walks on, not just because they're in awe of his quote-unquote genius, but also because he controls everything they do and can take away everything that they have with a flick of wrist or by killing them with tea. <laughs> with tea. What a, what a great uh, choice of murder. In addition to get me, getting me wrapped up in the mystery, Glass Onion got me to reflect on my own world in a way that Knives Out just didn't. That said, the mystery in Knives Out was better, and I personally preferred the location to that of Glass Onion. All right, as always, now we're moving on to the cultural impact section of the podcast, which very interesting for both these movies. Um, to say that Knives Out and Glass Onion had cultural impacts would be an understatement. Mm. Both are incredible pieces of media that left two very distinct impressions on audiences, I think. For Knives Out, I mean, beyond the mystery and the story, I think Chris Evans in that specific white sweater stole the show. I oh. think like Twitter exploded over uh, Chris Evans in what I can only say is the sluttiest man sweater of all time. I mean, it's also like a modern take on a classic murder mystery, but it's Chris Evans in the sluttiest sweater known to mankind. And also Daniel Craig playing not James Bond. That's cool too, but like Chris Evans in that sweater. That's that's what sold the show. Yeah, I really think for me it wasn't it wasn't Chris Evans, it was Benoit Blanc. Yeah. With a heavy, definitely overdone intentionally, southern drawl. Ugh. And it's a Louisiana accent. Yeah, and you you compare you compare Daniel Craig and James Bond. You know, in his last James Bond film earlier last year, I think. Oh, it's been a it's been a little bit. I don't remember. It's been like one or two years. Yeah. Um, comparing that to his next biggest performance is this Southern detective. It's just hilarious. It's part of what makes this movie so fun. But please, uh, this is a movie into the cultural impact of Glass Onion. It was released at like a perfect time to have like a massive like cultural impact in terms of like social commentary because Miles Braun 
is just Elon Musk in a different skin suit in Edward Norton's face. They're they are the same person, and it's objectively hilarious given everything that's going on with um musk and his twitter controversy right now so it's a rather poignant movie let's say especially when it came out last november um and i also want to say give me more of daniel craig in those silly little gay outfits wearing his little bandana (laughs) with that southern accent married to hugh grant give me more of that oh the bandana yeah that was that like you said at the beginning the costume is just the costuming is just amazing it's what made the first movie viral and i think the second one was just even better i didn't even realize that that was kate hudson oh yeah yeah, yeah. did I, not realize I, at I all never seen her but then yeah of course they had to have another star-studded cast oh i also did not realize that was leslie odom jr yep didn't, I d- didn't get that one either i obviously i should have yeah I, I'd literally same. seen hamilton um but yeah for my thinking of cultural impact the timing of knives out release was around Thanksgiving, which is pretty funny because it's all about family fighting. And I think it was a great way to get families during Thanksgiving to talk about something that everybody equally liked. But I'm sure it also started some fights with the little hints and jabs. Oh, I am certain someone started a fist fight over that movie. (laughs) And I wish it was on video. It actually probably is on YouTube somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) It probably is. You can find that. Um, But yeah, that was was great timing from Ryan Johnson. Um, And I think... I was reading some quotes from him about how he balances entertainment and creating a social commentary, you know, because a lot of movies are great and they have amazing things to say, but they're just not at a level where people can be drawn in, you know, to an average viewer, they're not going to be drawn in by that social commentary. They need something else. So I think the murder mystery was a great, a great way to do that, to bring back a genre that hasn't been used in a while, that was thought to be maybe dead, um, and give it a fun take, a modern take, and with that, inject some something to say. You know, it has to have other layers going on. Yeah, it was just a fun movie. Both of them were just really fun movies to watch. Like you have, um, they've made a couple other murder mystery adaptations uh, recently. You had a uh, Murder on the Orient Express, and then um, mm-hmm. Death on. De- Death on the Nile, Death I think, Nile. but like yeah. no one really remembered those movies. Like I'm sure they were good, but I didn't watch them. I watched Knives Out, and I was so excited when I heard about Glass Onion. Like it's it's a different level of like social social and cultural impact, and how much the movies made us want more of these characters. Yeah, no, definitely. There's thankfully uh, Netflix has a contract for a third movie, so there will be at least one more coming out. I cannot wait to watch Benoit Blanc. In that silly little gay outfit of his, helping another <laughs> strong, independent woman. Yes, that was a great character from Genominate as well. Oh, it was fantastic. Was, I I liked her better than Ana de Armas, in my opinion. Ana de Armas, who is Marta. Yeah, she was good, but I really liked Genominate. I th- I think this is what a lot of people say. I think Knives Out was a better movie, but I enjoyed Glass Onion more. And a lot of the reason why in, why I enjoyed Glass Onion more was because I adored Janelle Monet, and I think they gave a fantastic performance, both as um, Cassandra and as Helen. Yes, yeah, they did, they did. And I think, like I said before, the social commentary was so much more on point with comparing Miles Braun to Elon Musk. I think, especially now, like you... You think about the people that dominate the tech infrastructure and get to shape millions and billions of lives, like Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos, like these guys, like aren't good at everything. But you know, when you're super rich, people think that oh, you can do whatever you want. 
So they have all these massive failures, but like Miles does, you're able to cover them up. And because you have such a rich and powerful circle of friends, you can cover things up. You can have secret influence. I thought that was the most interesting part was mm-hmm. how you got to see at the end how much influence Miles had over things you probably would have no idea about if it wasn't for our perspective from the movie. Yeah. Like, it makes you wonder about the rich people that we think about, like Elon Musk. Where does he have investments and influence in places we don't even think about? Oh, I'm certain that like a lot of members of Congress either hold like SpaceX or Tesla stock, and uh, it does definitely influence U.S. politics. But maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll see the um, the ramifications of that in the third movie. I'm personally, I'm very excited for the third movie. Oh yeah, and I want to make one point. Joy and I disagree about this. Okay, but Miles. Miles Braun's character is played by... It's Edward Norton. Edward Norton. He does not look like Miles Teller. He does not. He does not. I invite you all to look up on Google Miles Teller. DM or like tweet us and like DM us on Instagram or tweet at us. But like they do not look alike. I will... This is a stupid hill to die on, but it is one I will die on. Edward Norton because you and are Miles wrong. Are the you same are wrong. They are not. They are the you are person. wrong. They, they do the not same. look alike. They look so similar. Okay. Miles Teller is thirty-five. Um, Edward how Norton's old is Edward Norton? 50? He's fifty-three. I was going to say fifty-two. I was so close. Good. That was a good guess. I would not have guessed that. But these guys look okay. If you compare Edward Norton at like thirty-five, like literally, if you just look him up and you see like a younger picture of him from uh, Fight Club, and you look at Miles Teller right now. It's the same person. Disagree. The same nose, the same eyes. I Disagree. Think it's really the eyes that sell Disagree. It. Okay. Well, Whatever. Let us know what you think, guys, because we really need we really need resolution on this one. Apparently. <laughs> All right. Now we're on to everyone's favorite part that we totally prepare for: song of the week. This week, uh, my song is one that's been pretty popular on my side of TikTok. It's "Soldier Poet King" by the Oh Hellos. Not my side of TikTok. That's for sure. That is to be expected. <laughs> I picked a throwback song over the break, winter break, I got really into Daft Punk. So right now, my song of the week is Instant Crush by Daft Punk featuring Julian Casablancas. That's our show for today. So uh, here's to being just as smart as your local billionaire. Because remember, you probably are. We'll see you all next time. This episode was written by Joy Gu and Rob Pereira. Also edited by Joy Gu and produced and mixed by Rob Pereira. Special thanks to the BU School of Communication for their studio and to Northeastern University. You can find Keylight on all podcasting platforms, and make sure to be notified of new episodes by following our Instagram and Twitter accounts, both at KeylightPod. Thanks.